with the negative Nancy's. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Bitch with the Negative Nancy's. My name is Roy Walker, and I'm joined at the adult table today with my fellow Nancys, Primo Thomas, Matt DeVita, and guest Nancys, Amy Jekiel, and Phil Faruja. With us, as always, is Junior Nancy and the man who brings everyone he knows so much joy just by leaving the room, Tyler Cleary. <laughs> so cute. Today, we will be discussing Coworkers Part 2, the sequel, Flashing Lights, as we record from five separate locations with fine adult beverages. Now, let's find that fucker who took my sandwich from the work fridge. <laughs> today, we are joined with wonderful actors, terrific teachers, and incredible people, and our great friends, Amy and Phil. But before we get into that, let's examine our drinks leading off with our guest. Amy, what are you drinking? Ooh, this is um, Elaborate Metaphor. It's a delicious IPA that I got from our local friends at Matinee. Mmm, very nice. Mm. Phil? I am drinking the 1911 uh, cherry, Black Cherry Hard Cider. Dirty girl. One of my favorites. Frame? I am drinking a Kona Brewing Company Big Wave Golden Ale. Solid. Mm. Solid. Matthew? I am drinking a Ballast Point uh, Sour Wench Blackberry Ale. Ooh, very nice. One of my faves. Tyler, bug juice. I am drinking some random dark rum I found, and I'm drinking it straight and washing it down with ginger ale. Manly. Whoa, 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 Where did you find it? Where are you finding these things? Uh, in a bottle in my basement. What? Unlabeled? Again? No, it was labeled. I just don't remember the name. I'd have to go down <laughs> and actually look at it. That is alarming. Desperate times. I was just like... This sounds good. I'm like concerned that your uh, grandparents are running some kind of. Are you making moonshine? Yeah, I was gonna say. Are they running are you... some kind of like moonshine ring? No, 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 no moonshine ring. No bathtub. Rum. No, Just a, a stock of random liquor. Okay. Clearly from Prohibition era. <laughs> what are you drinking, Roy? I'm drinking a pina colada. Hmm. You're getting caught in the rain. You're getting caught in the rain. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Does anyone have a question to lead this thing off with? This is part two, the sequel. I have a question. How come Amy hasn't made me any pina coladas yet in the last six weeks? Whoa. Um, why don't you share with them what I have made you? I mean, since we are each other's terrible coworkers now. <laughs> oh, <that's right. laughs> Amy makes the most amazing, amazing bourbon cream milkshakes. What? They are legit. Oh, man. They are legit. Fuck yeah, I do. The greatest thing that I've ever put in my mouth. That's awesome. And there's been a lot of shit in there. Also, more importantly, I have taught the 11-year-old to make cocktails, so you're welcome. <laughs> if I drop off homemade meatballs, can I get a thermos of these milkshakes? Yeah, we could do a delivery. Wonderful. Fantastic. Word, thank you. Where, where did we leave off last time? It's been a minute. <laughs> we talked a fuck ton about the Easter Bunny. Pretty much the whole episode is about that motherfucker. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I could... Did we? Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, did we forget any stories that we want to lead off with? No, I think the problem is we could probably fill a whole nother round with that, but let's not let's not dignify the Easter Bunny with so much time. We could talk about Dennis. I'll lead off with about to lead into him is the worst thing about shitty coworker. Well, what I hate most is I shouldn't have to dread going into the job that i love because i have to interact with a person whose main goal is to get me fired yeah that's shitty oh my god he doesn't even know you man <laughs> like that's what i've been putting up with for the last three plus years 
And he got one last thing in before this whole thing blew up. He did that motherfucker. Oh my god. So we put up the set for the Diary of Anne Frank, which is the show we <laughs> were able to close, open and close right as the pandemic was popping off. Yeah. Um, and off. we literally got the whole set, the structure up, and we were just about to start painting and, you know, doing touch up work for eight hours, putting like all the finishing touches in on the set. Right. I get there early in the morning and then 20 minutes into being there, my boss walks in with the head of maintenance, two very nice guys. And they're, they come over to me and they both have this look on their face. Like they're really sad that they have to tell me what they're about to tell me. The set was two, two and a half feet downstage too much because it impeded our fire curtain that we're not even sure is that works. Yeah, it never gets tested because the school <laughs> refuses to give you money to test it. Right. So I had to. So someone came in, this person that we don't like, and noticed that and complained to maintenance. So then we had to take the whole set down and shift it back two and a half feet. You guys oh might know God. that. Uh, do you guys know Harvey Weinstein? No. Good. You know why? Because he's a hack and pretends like he knows everybody. He was. He was. He did a lot of stuff in Buffalo a long time ago. He like was one of the original people who did tech work on Shakespeare in the Park, and he used to work at Studio Stone. Arena a lot. We yeah, all did a lot of like, stuff a long time ago. Right. Well, he, yeah, <laughs> he, he's the kind of person where you bring his name up to people who have been in the in the industry long enough, right? Since the, like the eighties, like if you bring his name up to Greg yeah. Natale, he's just going to be like oh, Jesus. Or actually, <laughs> if you if you say his name to Chris Cavanaugh, Chris will probably immediately throw up on the floor. <laughs> we should have Chris on to tell us the exact story, but essentially, what happened was um, he's this this person was working at a college institution that Chris was going to school in. He was finishing up his like lighting degree, and overnight, this Dennis guy—we call him Dennis. His name is not actually Dennis, so I'm sorry if we offended any Dennises. Please write to us at hate mail at negativenancyspod.com. But anywho, he went in there um, overnight, redid all this lighting, uh, refocused everything, like moved everything for this show overnight, and the show opened in like three days. What? And then Chris like took yeah, Chris took his keys and like threw them at his face, essentially. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh, basically said fuck you i quit what what was his role on the show chris was the lighting designer yeah yeah what sorry wait where was this this was at harvey a- weinstein oh my god mm-hmm. yeah yeah yep. so long story short i just I, yeah you shouldn't have to walk into a place and like my, i'm so triggered at the point when i drive into the parking lot in the mornings i look for his car immediately because i know what it looks like and i'm like is he here do i have to deal with him today and sure shit but we all know yeah. where to find it because he parks in student parking right <laughs> fucking dick <laughs> shitty supervisors are like even worse than shitty co-workers oh agreed amy do you have experience with shitty supervisors oh, oh boy do you have experience every i mean well here's the yes. thing like i figured the out the correct answer is yes not so long before this whole pandemic <laughs> hit like how a better way to communicate communicate that's great um, i've had like two sips of this beer communicate with my shitty supervisor i was like oh if i send everything via email i can't get roped into these like aggressive argumentative conversations where i'm constantly getting cut off and my need to like be right and validated and understood doesn't like turn against me and just make me look like i'm you know yelling at my supervisor um, I was like, I'll just send everything through email. That's way better. So now that's kind of how everything goes, which has helped. But I was just saying to a coworker today that now I'm like 
blindsided by phone calls from my supervisor because we aren't, you know, like we're not regularly in the same building. She can't just like show up and throw things off kilter. But now when I get these like even more spread apart phone calls and they're like, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, oh my God, I forgot. I forgot how like abrasive and like incapable of properly communicating with other humans you are because I don't have to do that. So that's like an upside of being, you know, stuck at home and not being able to go in and provide my actual job is that I do not have to encounter um, said person. It's just wild how a toxic work environment can really not like, I don't hate what I see. I love what I do, but it being in a toxic work environment, kind of like it, it, makes me not want to be there you know well it totally sucks the wind out of your sails and it's not fair and like i just hit my 10-year work anniversary with um the agency that i work for like i'm good at my job and i have worked my butt off and dedicated all sorts of time for this like low-paying human service job for a decade now so uh the last thing i want is to like go in and be constantly like knocked down a notch and my supervisor has this need to say specifically to me and my co-manager that our program like is not special we are not different from other people where i'm like "Mm, but we are because we're better (laughs) like which is not just a sense of entitlement like we work harder we're more creative our program does cooler shit Mm -hmm. and that's why my program's in the news like that's why we make you look good so don't just like swoop in and take credit for our stuff maybe build up these people working under you and then we will want to like give you credit where credit is due or like actually show up and be a part of things every person that works for me hates my supervisor like no she's a terrible person um and it just sucks like it can take so much out of your job to the point where i actually in this past year went to human resources and was like i um i'm a great employee that has definitely you know had work issues made mistakes like who has not but i'm ready to like accept and improve upon them i can't do that with this person like hovering over me constantly knocking down every positive thing i do because guess what that doesn't leave you like capable of doing your job like that doesn't make me want to try harder it doesn't make me want to correct my mistakes it just makes me shut down and now i'm a completely inefficient worker fucking insane that's literally word for word what it is where i work it's since i've been there in three years i like to think and roy and matt can talk about this like that i think we've done a pretty darn good job with our program and from a technical perspective the things we've done for shows have just been things that that place has never done before but when you have someone consistently talking behind your back and talking shit about you to other people and demeaning the work you do to students dude it, it's it sucks my soul away man it's like why am i That's showing up every then day it's like also sabotaging your shit like yeah. you know oh my god left and right. yeah like we can talk can, about like, that like, that so. shouldn't be something you have to worry about like right that was like absolute bullshit well part of that is being is feeling like threatened and i just think that's annoying and i feel like phil you could take over from that segue what's it like to work with people that are (laughs) threatened by your natural abilities oh it's great i um so in the in my in my uh my my profession as a teacher i've had lots of different supervisors and the current supervisor that i have now is great and i get along with him and he's awesome uh, but a few supervisors ago, uh, I had a principal supervisor. I mean, um, that she was she was crazy, and she did not like men, and that did not bode well for me and like the Ooh. eight other guys in my building. 
And she got fired, though, because she tried to hide a miscarriage in the bathroom. Not her miscarriage, but like a student had a miscarriage in the bathroom. No. Oh, yeah. It's a Whoa. crazy story. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, and shit. get this. It happened at my concert. What? That's crazy. Yes. <laughs> so we had here. I'll tell the story real fast. Uh, and then I can talk about Please and then I can do. talk about what Amy said. Um, I probably shouldn't do that. But anyway, so we had a we had like a winter concert or a Christmas concert. I don't remember. And it was a girl went into the faculty bathroom. Not one of us, not a student, someone who was there to see the concert. And I don't know, like had a miscarriage, you know, a miscarriage, I guess. I wasn't there, so I don't know. And um, the principal wanted to, like, clean it up and push it under the rug ASAP. So she just, like, had a custodian go down there and clean it up and get rid of everything and mm, tried to do this. Yeah. And that was it. And then, like, you know, slowly things came out. And then uh, Chris or uh, spring break, she went on, like, a vacation and never came back. Vacation was in quotations because this is a podcast. Yeah, yeah. that's Fuck. insane. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, it was wow. crazy. It was yeah. fucking nuts. And that was it. She was gone. You can't oh make that God. shit up. Like, no, that's I, and, I wish, and I wish I was making it up, but I did not make that up. Also, like, why? Why really? would you? Yeah, I, like, you didn't cause that. It I don't. Wasn't I don't know. It may be like I problem. missed a step somewhere in the story. Like, obviously, you know, it's not my story firsthand. That was the story that was told. That was, you know, came about all this. But like, maybe I'm missing something. But like, that's what happened. Like, this think, girl had this happen, geez. and then the principal was like, "Get rid of it. I don't want to talk about it." And that was it. I think it's the whole uh, we can't have our students fucking and that's like very that's like prime hardcore evidence. Yeah, it's like a statistic thing. No idea. But it was just like, wait, what happened? And then she was gone. And oh my she never God. came back. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And she hated and she didn't like men. And I got yelled at lots of times, mostly just for being a dude. And that sucked. Well, I get yelled at Phil for being an educated knowledgeable human being <laughs> yeah that's the thing like when you're really good at your job and someone who is in a uh like a, a position higher than you who is not good at their job and is far less experienced or knowledgeable at the job and then tries to tell you how to do your job but you know that you're smarter and better and everyone else around you knows that you're smarter and better that's a very frustrating situation especially when that person has tenure and they're not going to go anywhere or that person's like outdated as shit and tries teaching like on equipment that's from the 80s and not used (laughs) yeah exactly or that person just like hand scratches down like music notation on the back of a napkin and tells you to play it and you're like what the fuck is this you know there's computers that can do this and clear so people can understand and that there's books over there for us to play from oh wait never mind it's a long story and i shouldn't talk about it because i want to continue to work in this town but that was another good time though where steve cop stepped in and was like hey look i found the music books that you said didn't exist they're right here in this box does anybody want one? Oh man now i now i kind of want to know we could talk about it off the record yeah well we do need to take a quick break we'll be right back and i'd love if phil could elaborate on what amy was talking about earlier too a little bit more we ask as a courtesy at the beginning if you don't want to talk about something no it's fine i don't give a shit i just won't name it you had your chance phil Hey there, Nancys. In lieu of promoting paid sponsors for our debut podcast, we've decided to donate our message breaks to support the local Buffalo theater community. Roy, Matt, and myself will choose a company each week that has really been affected heavily by the COVID-19 pandemic that we truly, truly love. I would like to shout out the wonderful ladies of Second Generation Theater Company. 
Thanks to Kelly, Kristen, and Aaron, I was able to live out a dream last spring and set design Angels in America for them, and I cannot thank them enough for their kindness. Second Gen has had to cancel their production of Three Tall Women this spring, a travesty to hit many local Buffalo theaters. Second Generation was founded in 2013 by Kelly Copps, Kristen Bentley, and Aaron Lee Dandies. SGT creates quality theatrical experiences that appeal to an emerging generation of theatergoers. By building on Buffalo's strong theatrical roots, they strive to continue the area's tradition of great theater for generations to come. SGT seeks to create powerful theatrical experiences that seek to unite a community of diverse backgrounds and to continually cultivate appreciation and understanding in audiences of all generations through education and engagement. And I am beyond proud to know and work with these amazing women. If you would like to send love and support to Second Generation Theater of Buffalo, New York, online donations can be found and sent at www.secondgenerationtheater.com donate. And to those of you who do help, your assistance and love is most appreciated. And now, back to the pod. This douchebag that we work with, because I, I really don't want to give him any more time because fuck him. Um, but he call, like considers himself Captain Safety, the man who's like knows everything and is like the safety guru. He fucking, the classroom he teaches in used to be the old black box theater at school. And he basically constructed this weird small proscenium in there and hung all these lights. Did he put too much weight on the pipes to the point when the students complained because they didn't feel safe in the room so that we had to pay $5,000 to have a structural structural engineer come in and condemn the classroom? He put um, 700 pounds worth of lights on a pipe that was rated for 300 pounds. Also, Captain Safety almost killed me legitimately where he took a lighting class up to the uh, loading gallery where they load all the weights, weights for the pipes. like Which is 42 feet above the deck. Yeah, it's 42 cool. feet above the deck. It's like the width of the deck, but height. So we just had like a nursing class in there. So and I have to set up for uh, rehearsal for um, a show. And I bring I'm bringing in this pipe and I hear ting, ting like coming from above me and i'm just like well i'm dead because that's like one of my worst fears ever and um i just kind of like like try to like pull my head down a little bit and as i do that right by my um that was my left ear right by my left ear was this comically sized screwdriver with a red handle and like a giant shaft it's like something out of a cartoon zipped by my like i felt the air go by my head when it hit the ground I mean, it was Jesus like it was Christ. like that long, man. It's a fifty, it's a, fi- a fifteen and a half or a sixteen inch screwdriver. It's huge, it's, ma- it's massive, and he left that thing up there, and it nearly killed me. But he's the what? safe guy. Not only did he leave it up there, but he must have left it like on the weights. Yeah, he left it on the stack of weights. Not to drag on this too long, but why the fuck do you even need it up there? Yeah, there's no need for a fucking screwdriver. He's to probably pry trying to pry the yeah. weights apart. To pry? Oh, Jesus Christ. All you have to do is spread the arbor, though. It's like, it's easy as shit. All right, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway. Phil. Yes. You were going to say something. Uh, was it? What? I'm going to get in trouble for this. No, you won't. It's fine. I just meant I was going to get in trouble with Phil, which that happens all the time anyway. It's okay. You can make up for it. Just make me a bourbon milkshake later. <laughs> bourbon cream milkshake. Oh, it sounds so good. Mm-hmm. It is so good. A bourbon milkshake? Bourbon cream milkshake. Oh, it's mm. so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally just a milkshake with bourbon cream added. Oh, okay. It's milk, vanilla, ice cream, chocolate sauce, and bourbon cream. Can you make one of those for me? Yes, I said I'm going to be driving them around later. Oh, fantastic. Great. I love it. Noted. I'll be waiting. Sober up before you drive. 
um, <laughs> listeners. So, Phil? So, I was just, uh, we were shitty supervisors, right? So, supervisor can be any number of things. I mean, we all work in in theater, so that could be shitty directors, shitty, shitty whatever. Shitty TDs. Right. Anyone who's at a, a person who's, you know, in charge of telling you what to do. So, you know, I've had my share of working with a particular person who has been in position of power over me while I was maybe in a show and wasn't a director of some kind. Who is it? I just want to, I just want to know. Harvey Weinstein. Mm. Uh, I've heard of, I've never met. But you know, where people who try to tell you how to play your instrument when they have no knowledge of how to play that instrument or how to do things when they have no knowledge of how to do any of the things. You know, and there's just been lots of instances where I have been involved in that, and it's been very frustrating. So much to the fact that I don't think I work there anymore because of it. What a woman. That's crazy, man. Like, imagine someone coming into the shop and being like, that's not how you use a table saw. Well, do you know how to use a table saw? No. And no. it's totally <laughs> bullshit, but here's also what I love about it. Like, Phil is genuinely, like, so blatantly the best at his job in this yeah. area. I don't care if people disagree, but I feel pretty strongly about that, and it has nothing to do. I would agree with anything yeah. besides having worked with a man many times. Um, like people are are stupid, threatened by someone that has that much of like like a pull, you know, an ability at at what they do, and that's why, like Primo, you can probably relate to this. Like that's how I feel in my day job is like don't be like you know support my creativity and intelligence don't be threatened by it and it will make you look just as good as me right. don't try to like push it under the rug or pretend it doesn't exist why don't you just like work with me and then guess what we'll both look better like stupid it's juvenile i say to my my supervisor who i love by the way is a wonderful guy i say to him all the time i'm like all i want is to be left alone to do my job with my team I don't bother anybody. I don't make waves. All we want to do is work in the theater, help our students, and do our job. I'm not looking to fight with anybody. I don't go into work looking for an argument. I try to avoid them at all costs, but they seem to find me because of a psychopath who's worked there for like 30 years and has also run out the last three people who had my job. Yeah. Yeah. And one of them is one of the most sweet, nice people. Do you guys know Harvey Weinstein? He um he's he does the, he's the TD for the um for the shows for All for One. Okay. Really big he's guy. He's also the shop foreman for UB. UB. Yeah, he's a UB yeah. shop foreman as well. Um, Got it. Super sweet, wonderful guy. Like when you run a super person smart. like that out of a job, it's like you you're just you should probably look at yourself, sir. That sucks. Yeah, it's. I loved working with ridiculous. Rick. Good guy. Right. Yeah. That's my other thing. I'm like, compare, like, go ahead and and dislike me in my loud, opinionated self. But when it like, when other people that work with or for me who are much like kinder and more approachable, um, and less um aggressive and opinionated are just as like bulldozed over and put out by this person, I'm like that's where I have a problem. Like. Right. It's one thing to treat me that way, but the second that you start doing that to everybody else, I'm like, then we have a bigger problem. Agreed. Definitely, definitely. We are at time for 30 seconds with Tyler, if you all want to get into that. Uh, yes, yeah. please. But who the fuck is Tyler? <clears throat> yeah, wait. You, you uh, already met him once. 
Oh. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> Fuck you, Tyler. There he is. Oh, you. <laughs> Wait, you better leave that in. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I will leave that, that awesome. in. It might be a soundbite, actually. Yeah, that's great. Who the fuck's Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another segment of 30 Seconds with Tyler. For those of you folks not in the know, this segment is when our very own Bengal Tiger, Tyler Cleary, gets to talk about anything he wants. Doesn't have to be topic-related, just has to be something that runs around his little ginger mind. As (laughs) As a new component to 30 Seconds with Tyler, if Tyler gets 50% or under on his score, we now will refer to him... Shut up. (laughs) We will oh, actually, refer- because it's scored out of 50 today. Oh, it is scored so out of 50. The numbers so if are he different. gets under a 20, uh, 25 points or under, we get to refer to him as Kyle for the remainder of the episode. Oh, uh, we should have kept that a secret. Okay. Well, there it is. Okay. All right. <laughs> I give him a two. Tyler, are you uh, ready to race the clock? <laughs> yes, I am, dog. Well, Tyler, your 30 seconds starts now. Okay, so Benjamin Franklin lived in London in a house on 36 Craven Street. More than 200 years later, after he moved out in 1998, conservationists were doing repairs on his home and found more than 15 bodies in the basement buried in a secret windowless room beneath the garden. It is believed that he allowed an illegal anatomy school to be ran in his basement by Franklin's young protege, William Henson. And they were found in a one meter deep pit and over 1200 pieces of bone retrieved through doing more research the bodies came from grave robbing fuck um Uh, i i got a lot to say about that that was very disturbing was who 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 was the the i I missed the very first bit it's like skipped on my screen who what poop what person benjamin franklin that makes it way better. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, make it a little yeah better. let's 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 go to scoring. I'm really excited. Yes. Yeah, so it is customary that we allow our guest or guests to judge 30 seconds with Tyler first. So on a scale from zero to ten, zero being the lowest, ten being the highest, what would you score him, Amy? Ooh, I am gonna give him a five because that's fair. I was interested in the topic and I kind of wanted to know more, but I feel like you said Benjamin Franklin and then you also said 1998. So that seems wrong. He did. I 200, like it was 200 years later because they were doing the oh, work. In okay. So, but still, yeah, I guess no, I we had to defend you, your point. So it wasn't clear. said that wrong. I think <laughs> I, like um, I just had a couple issues with like, you know, using ran versus run and so on and so forth. So five. Fair enough. I'll take that. Yep. Okay, uh, Phil. Uh, I'm going to give Kyle a one. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take Just that. Just because you didn't, you didn't oh, finish it. Phil is such a dick. You didn't finish it. and uh, Don't you teach? for? Isn't that like your main gig? What's that? Teaching's your main gig, though, right? So, like, judging yeah, and scoring. And... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know. Teaching music. Well, at least he's not a gym coach. One, because uh, <laughs> fuck you, Kyle. hashtag fuck you kyle all right uh primo 
I gotta go with a five, man. It was a little rush. I know you were trying to get a lot of content in there, and it did stay. It, the way you phrased the 1998 thing, you said it when he moved out in 1998. I was like, well, I guess Benjamin Franklin's the world's first vampire. So, <laughs> so you know, let's hear about that next right. time. Benjamin Franklin, the vampire. You get you get a fat old five. All right, just so everyone knows, you're at 11 right now. Matthew, what would you give him? I was literally going to do exactly what Phil did and say one and fuck you, Kyle. Oh, no, I'm sorry. So, no, I'm going to keep it. So you get a one and uh, fuck you, Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm still going to do that. So Roy could could give you a perfect score and you're still fucked. (laughs) Yeah, if I give you a perfect score, your final score is a 22. So I'm going to give you a perfect score because I want it to be close. You got a 10 for me, dog. <laughs> but it's still bad, so you still get this sound. Um, I'm still Kyle for the rest of the episode. To be fair, he set you up for failure when he mentioned there's a punishment this week. Yeah. Like, I need to know what that is. I needed to remind the Nancys, specifically. <laughs> I didn't even know there was one. Oh, yeah, we it talked about this in the group yesterday. Yeah. yeah, it was in the group chat. Where were you? Bitch, I don't read. You liked it. You commented on it. We talked about it. <laughs> He's yeah, calling him Kyle. You, your first thing that you said was "fuck you, Kyle." Yeah, yeah. I didn't read whatever came before. I just said, to, "Wait, never mind. Just go. Just keep talking." All right. So you just look for Kyle. That's all you saw. <laughs> nice try there, Kyle. You know the only reason Roy gives you tens, right? Is so when we get divorced, he, you can, he, you'll say that you liked him best. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That way, I get custody of of Kyle when this is all over. All right. So, um, moving out of this terrible, terrible, unfortunate thing that happened to Kyle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> does anyone have another story they want to jump into? Matt, you've been quiet. Do you have anything? I don't. <laughs> Really? I mean, I have a story. I don't yeah. know. Like, I just said, uh, I've been kind of lucky just like recently in general with like employment and shit. And I've been trying to like dig up Disney stories, but they aren't like as good out of context. You well, know what Matt, I mean? Here's the thing Kyle just said that he had something to talk about. So we're going to need you to hurry up and come with your own yeah. story. So we don't so have either to come up to with him. something. Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Primo sucks. Time's ticking, dog. Primo's the worst boss I've ever had in my life. That is a lie. <laughs> He doesn't let me do anything, and he ruins all my shit. (laughs) Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, and he steals everything from everyone's houses, and then he fills up their sinks with tissues and stuff, and then he just lets the water run. Listen, (laughs) Sticky Sticky Bandits, Inc. is a trademarked name. You leave me alone. I have some, like, weird-ass Disney dirt I can dig up real quick. Oh, Disney dirt, yeah. Yeah, so, like... There came a few times when I was getting really, really fucking depressed working for that big company. Um, and some of it came from just being like super disenchanted because I learned things about certain people that like, work for the company. Um, in particular, each park has an ambassador. And there was one guy who was up and was probably going to become one of the ambassadors of one of the parks. And then I learned that he had been using park like pay phones to call different managers and ask for their panties. What? And like, I swear to God. So each, well, each leader has a phone number. That's just like their personal phone number for the company. Right. And when the calls come in, you don't know where the fuck they're coming from. So he just kept doing this like every single day, like on his break, asking all these leaders for panties. And he still got fucking hired after people reported him, knew who the fuck was doing it. 
but they just swept it all under the rug. There's so much sweeping under the rug in that fucking company. It's insane. Weird. It's like what Republicans do. It's like what my yes. former principal did. It's, yeah, it's like covering up a miscarriage in a bathroom. Yeah. Exactly. I was gonna say how many how many um disney bathroom miscarriages do you think of <laughs> oh god i wonder dude, if that's a disney, statistic dude straight up they have like blood remover yeah there's an unlabeled bottle that they just spray on blood and it dissolves yep that's amazing that's amazing and i'm not even mad about it i'm just impressed i know i saw that shit firsthand I actually have a fucked up this is has nothing to do with coworkers, but it is a disney story that i will share can, um, can you wait uh like a minute God, and come back with it fuck yeah all right break time <laughs> hey guys uh this week in lieu of uh paid promotional ads primo roy and myself would like to take the time to shout out some agencies that really need donations right now um one of the biggest agencies that needs a lot of help is the red cross COVID-19 has caused worldwide panic and created a scarcity of resources. We have heard a lot about masks and gloves and toilet paper, but we really haven't heard a lot of people talking about the need of blood. Um, the Red Cross has had to cancel so many blood drives in order to keep their employees and our communities safe. This quote is directly from their website. We are working quickly to identify and replace blood drives canceled due to workplace and school closures. Search for opportunities near you and check back often as we are continuously adding new donation opportunities. If you don't see available appointments near you or in the near future, please search 7 to 15 days out. The need for blood is constant and patients need your help. As you can see, the uh, situation isn't ideal, but if you are asking what you can do for your community right now, please consider donating blood. Go to the redcrossblood.org. Uh, follow a few simple steps to find your nearest donation location and give blood as soon as you can. Thank you for your consideration and helping your community. Now, let's get back to it. And we're back, folks. Um, I'm going to dive into... So when I was working at Disney, I remember this story. Um, it was at Epcot. A man had gotten... Like, I think it, Matt, do you remember this? Guy got hammered at Epcot, and he made yeah. his way backstage and assaulted like three cast members what the fuck yes yeah he um i I swear to god i remember he like got a hold of a pvc pipe and like beat the shit out of like three different cast members backstage (laughs) hammer drunk dude yeah it was fucking nuts man i gotta look that up and just confirm excited but i know i remember that happening um yeah go for it um i can uh tell the story about blood it's actually hilarious and actually has to do with good management yes um yeah, so we had this uh, one attraction that was called Path of the Jedi, which is like a filler attraction where people just like watch scenes of Star Wars movies and it made no fucking sense. But they tried to say it had a through line. But anyway, so there was a woman who was exiting the uh, queue and as she was leaving the door, she got cut on her leg. She had no idea what was happening. It was fine. Then she sat into her ECV and little did anyone know she was on blood thinners. So this gash in her leg is just like pouring out blood as she's driving away on her little uh, electric vehicle. And she leaves a trail of blood that's like almost a half a mile long. Oh, my God. Until <laughs> finally a cast member is like, oh, ma'am, you're, you're bleeding. And she's like, what? Oh, my blood thinners. I'm sorry. And like, literally, it looked like a body had been dragged through the street. Like there was blood fucking everywhere. But basically, they like convinced her eventually to like go see like a hospital and all that kind of shit. But all the cast members in the entire park had to like stand over this blood trail and try to like defer uh, guests from like stepping into it or stepping on it. Um, 
And then that's when I saw like a team of like eight uh, custodial cast members in hazmat suit come out with these spray bottles. It literally came out with the spray bottles, just sprayed out in the blood. And then I saw it fizzle and then it was just gone. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? But yeah, well, that was one of the most exciting days on, on the job. So this is confirmed. He actually beat one of them up with a metal pipe and then beat up the other two with a PVC pipe. Yeah, Damn. dude. It, <laughs> crazy shit happens at that park and no one knows. No like, one knows. What do you think is happening there right now? Nothing. <laughs> no, even crazier shit. It's just all in the tunnels. So today's topic is shitty coworkers part two. But, um, you know, shitty doesn't just mean like somebody who like destroys your soul well how about just like really like bad coworkers, like shitty ones i have a story i'd like to lead with um uh we we used to work with this guy um and he was the worst person <laughs> the worst listener of all time but he was like a doer man he was like a go get it do the work but the problem was he wouldn't listen to the, all the instructions so you just fuck everything up all the time so um we're doing this show and uh that dennis had designed primo calm down i'm sorry it's fucking <laughs> hilarious it's great um yeah, we're doing this show, and uh, it, I, I I like to immediately throw any set designer who uses scaffolding um, as a set, as the only part of a set, as and they call it a set. Um, I like to throw all of them under the bus and just say that you're a terrible set designer and that you should probably go um, do something else with your life. Moving forward, there was two big sets of scaffolding, and they needed to be connected by um, an, a couple I-beams that were made out of wood with a three-quarter inch topper. Actually, it might have been like two two pieces for, for structure or whatever. So um, Dennis, who we talked about previously, in, instructed this student, uh, or not student, um, one of our coworkers to go make an I-beam. <laughs> he wrote it down. Yeah, wrote it down. Wrote, gave wrote him the dimensions down. and everything. Yep, everything. Went went into the shop to build this thing, and I was front of house working on uh, the sound design, and one of the other guys who worked with us, Alex, he, he went back into the shop, and he sees this other guy we worked for putting together pieces of wood, and he literally had stapled pieces of wood to look like the let, like a capital I. He, he laid down, they dude, they were like eight feet long boards, and... <laughs> to pick off where Roy started, Alex walks in into the shop, and on the floor in the shop is just a giant letter I. And he goes, "Hey, what are you doing, man?" And he goes, "Oh, <laughs> Joe told me to build an I beam." And Alex goes, "All right," and walks away. And he comes yeah. up to me and he goes, "He goes, hey man, you might want to go into the shop and just take a look at what this guy is doing." <laughs> I walk in, I'm like. <laughs> What are you doing, man? He goes, I'm building an I beam. I was like, is the letter of the day I? Like, <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ. And yeah. then I put the piece of wood on the table and show him what it's supposed to be. And he goes, oh, wait, that would make way more sense. I was like, yeah, <laughs> or, dude. I mean, he used to fuck up everything. Yeah. He had a knack for, I would tell him, I'd be like, okay, I need you to go here. And, and before I could get the word out after Ant, he would already be off and running. And I would be like, stop, come back. Like, there's more steps. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want you he, to go was, there and just hang out. He's <laughs> quick. Uh, he, I, I remember like we, we would be waiting pipes and putting lights on stuff and we we're like, oh yeah, we need to test the weight soon. And then he would just go over and start doing it and it wouldn't be anywhere. Like we said soon, not right now. And, and no one directed that comment to you. <laughs> Poor boy. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> 
he didn't get hired yeah. back. No. That's amazing. No. Yeah. No, An I beam. <laughs> Is it that time? What time? Is it time for Matthew's wholesome moment? No. Uh well, like last time, like I brought a wholesome moment, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not feeling it this week, man. Not feeling very wholesome this week? No. I feel kind of shitty. I get it. I'm not about it. There's nothing happy this week. I have a Matthew's wholesome moment question if you want to lead me in. <laughs> sure. Rainbows. Cold beer. Fireflies. A hard day's work. Your first kiss. A firm handshake. Fresh flowers. Gasoline. Miracles. Monster truck rallies. Butterflies. Matthews. Awesome moment. Welcome back to uh, Matthews' wholesome moment. This week we have a uh, special treat. Roy is going to have his own wholesome moment. Roy, would you please share it with the group? Welcome back to Matthew's wholesome moment. Um, <laughs> the question that I have prepared for you all is: Was there ever a situation where someone else was so bad at their job that it made you look better? <laughs> uh, interesting. I have one. All right, Kyle. All right, yeah, Kyle. so. Kyle. Obviously, uh, most of you know I work for Harvey Weinstein, and uh, so I'm in charge of the store at the base, like right in the park. So um, you have to like mop and clean up the store, make sure everything's in check and stocked, and just basic store shit. And we got this one younger kid; I think he was like 17, and I was in charge of like training him and making sure he knew how to do everything, and. This kid just didn't listen to a word I said. Like, so, like, I'd come in for the night shift and the store was like not mopped. It was like a literal shithole. And then I'd come in to make it look all like nice. And they're like, oh my God, wow, you're so good at your job. However, this kid would just sit there and watch movies on his phone and then ended up start pocketing like hundreds of dollars every shift. Great work, Kyle. And yeah, so they fired him and then they considered me for a promotion because they were like, wow, you actually can handle your shit. Good job, Kyle. I was working at a country club out in East Hampton over the summer when I was in college. Um, it was my second summer, and I was already one of the two head servers, but we had this kid. Um, so how it worked was the managers would go to this big hospitality conference and hire like four college interns each summer, and this kid gets hired. And he is just the worst fucking waiter I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I have seen bad waiters, but this kid was fucking terrible. It's not easy to carry glasses on a tray, but it's a, it's a skill you learn. This kid over the whole summer could not learn to carry things. He once was carrying a bowl of soup with two hands. His hands were shaking so much. He spilled it all over a woman. There was one time he was Jesus. carrying a goddamn tray full of like wine glasses over to a table full of wine that he picked up from the bar. He was Michael J. Foxing so bad <laughs> that, again, he spilled it all over the place. He, his waiting was so bad that my manager literally would put him through what I would consider like an, a montage in a movie, like a, like a, um, a training course 
in the dining room. Mm. He set up like stations. Okay, you got to go here and set this table. Then you got to pick it's up like this driver's train. ed. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and the kid just couldn't hack it. And they were like, "Oh, the kid's resume was really good, and he looked pretty smart." And then fast forward <laughs> to smart. the last time I was at Disney World, and he, I saw this kid working one of the carts selling cotton candy. Oh and my I God. was like, oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> <laughs> he was a top um, intern, and now he's selling uh, roasted peanuts. Dang. Um, yeah, I kind of have one. So <laughs> when I was also working at the Disney of Worlds, uh, there was this one coworker I had at the Great Movie Ride, which is no longer open, um, that nice. he just always had a knack for giving people notes on like their oh, performance no. or like what they're doing on doc but the thing is we started at the same fucking time and also he talked like this like no fucking exaggerating <laughs> like he literally fucking sounded like that i need to know before you go on if this story ends with either the magic blood disappearing product or the reason that the ride closed uh, down. maybe both no <laughs> <laughs> um actually so Okay, I'll listen anyway. <laughs> so uh, one day I was on dock and I was loading vehicles and my manager comes out and he's like, you need to take that vehicle, that that fucking asshole who talks like, eh, right now. And I'm like, uh, oh, oh, okay, like what, whatever. So he's like about to get on his vehicle and I take him off and I do my whole show and I come back and I'm like, what the fuck was that about? Like, why, what was the urgency? <laughs> and apparently it's because Cake Boss was on that vehicle. And so they wanted him to have a good show. So they put me on the vehicle instead of him so fuck that kid that's actually a funny thing because it always is a pet peeve of mine when other actors give notes has anybody else run into that i will kill everyone mm-hmm. oh yes yes that is the fucking worst yes. i always just hated that like people would come up to be like i you know i really think that can't take notes or they have a reason why they did it like if i'm giving you a note you're like oh yeah well i did it because i forgot and i just did that. i was like just shut up and yeah like say okay say yes Thank you. Write it down. I don't. That's almost as annoying to me. Yes. I think what's worse is people that can't just take notes. That's the worst. Just take, literally take, say thank you. Take the fucking note. Thank you. Period. <laughs> My other pet peeve yeah. when it comes to students, and I'm sure Phil knows all about this, is like when directors are giving notes and when like. If you're a professional and you don't write the notes down, whatever, that's on you. But as a student, if you're not sitting there writing notes down, especially when when a lot of the exactly. notes are fucking directed that's at you worst. and you're just sitting there like nodding your head. Ah, oh, man. And also don't start a fucking discussion about it. Just fucking move on. Yep. We all want to go home. Oh, my God. If you have something to say to the director, you like legitimately want to talk about it after notes. Right. Yeah. Period. <laughs> yeah. And then if it's important enough for everyone else to hear, the director will make sure that happens. It never is. And respond respond to your emails. (laughs) Do we have any final thoughts from our guests? What's that? Any more stories? Uh, I I don't know if I have any more final thoughts. Um, Coworkers suck. I hate working with everybody. I love quarantine time. Yeah. Me too, man. It's really been lovely (laughs) for that. I have forgotten what social anxiety feels like. It's okay. I know people like obviously I'm craving to see my friends until I give my friends a nice hug and everything like that. But like, yeah, I'll be honest with you, man. 
seeing Roy and Matt through the computer every day is kind of enough. It does it for me. It's kind of enough. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And Kyle. Don't forget about Kyle. Oh, Kyle too. Yeah. I mean, I hardly like doing this. So I'm okay with it. I like being at home with my wife and my baby and playing D&D occasionally. It's great. Yeah, bro. That's why I like it. I guess don't be an asshole in life. But that's not true. You are. You don't hate everybody. <laughs> Thank you. I agree. God, fuck everyone. Um, I, I fucking hate everybody. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Kirsten says the same thing. She's like, I hate everyone. I'm like, no, you don't. I hate everyone. <laughs> Not even you do, well, Primo. It's true. I don't. No, I, I, I hate a lot of people. You're one though. of the neediest friends just, I have. I just have some control issues. <laughs> yeah, like my my group of like very, my very small group of close friends, yes. <laughs> Period. That is the grand conclusion of <laughs> shitty coworkers of the Negative Nancys, Amy J. Keel, and Phil Frugia. This episode is brought to you in support of local theater companies from Buffalo, New York. For more complaining, visit negativenancyspod.com and follow along on Instagram at negativenancyspod and Facebook at negativenancyspodcast. If you'd like to send us love letters, you can reach us at hatemail at negativenancyspod.com. Let's Bitch with the Negative Nancys is available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Can we talk about his title nines? <laughs> the, 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 the more than one? Now notice how I pluralize that? Can we? Sure. We can come back to that.